Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ahead on the Believe in Steelers show, I'll explain what William Jackson's release means for the team. Also, where does Lamar Jackson wind up? Plus, the Panthers had the first overall pick in free agency starts this week. That's all ahead on the Believe in Steelers show. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. They'll take care of your gambling needs all NFL offseason long. March Madness is also underway. So if you want to place a bet on any of the action, head to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BELIEVE. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, flying solo today. Ike is out. He's got some scouting duties and responsibilities for the Steelers, but I'll keep you company here on this Monday, and I want to start right from the from the start. Steelers are have released William Jackson the third, the cornerback. This is going to save the Steelers about twelve million dollars in salary cap space. So free agency, the negotiating window starts today at noon. Free agencies, uh, free agents can officially sign with teams at four o'clock on Wednesday. And so the Steelers enter free agency with about $12 million in salary cap space. So William Jackson III never played in a game for the Steelers. He had a back injury when he was coming over from Washington. Cornerback is an area of need for the Steelers, but we'll see ahead of free agency what they do to maybe shore up some more salary cap space. So what could they do? Two questions that really hinge and are, are contingent upon, okay, what do you do with Cam Sutton? Do you try to re-sign him and bring him back on a team-friendly deal? A player who is very good, but could you also afford to upgrade for what his price point will be on an open market? Also, defensive lineman Larry Ogunjobi. Same thing where your front seven is then going to be a question mark because, okay, yes, you've got Cam Hayward, but he's north of 32 now. And so he's going to be 33 next season. What do you do to fortify your front seven? Also considering that, Devin Bush is likely uh, not going to be back in a Steelers uniform for the 2023 season. So these are questions I'm asking myself of, okay, what does Pittsburgh do now that free agency is here this week? And then what they do this week, I think, is then going to influence what they do in April's draft. So in April's draft, you've got four picks in the top 49. So you've got number 17, you've got number 32, and you've got number 49 to help address some of the needs in the holes and to plug up and to get this roster some new lifeblood to help 
build on what we saw on the back half of the 2022 season. And so that's what's at stake. And a couple other things the Steelers could do in terms of freeing up more salary cap space. They could restructure TJ Watts deal up to $12.6 million. Another question the Steelers are going to have to answer is this. Mitch Trubisky right now, you're paying him $8 million to sit on the bench and back up Kenny Pickett. His cap hit, Trubisky, $10.6 million to hold a clipboard. If you like him in the locker room, if you like him with the development of Kenny Pickett, that's fine. But they're going to have to restructure that deal. Otherwise, you can go out and get a free agent quarterback for much, much less money. That's a lot of money to be paying a backup quarterback right now. Guy who's out there right now in the market, Josh Dobbs or Mason Rudolph has been in-house. You could bring him back on a team-friendly deal and say, hey, we're going to cut ties with Trubisky. You save yourself about $8 million. A few other players, Akello Witherspoon, if they cut him between now and June 1st, $4 million. Gunnar Olszewski, $2 million. Miles Jack, and I don't think they'll get rid of Miles Jack. You'd save $8 million, though. But if you've got to get another inside linebacker to pair with Jack, I don't see the Steelers trading him away. I just don't see that. But Jackson was a player that the Steelers liked coming out of the 2016 draft. Bengals got him at 25 right before the Steelers could. Steelers get Artie Burns instead at number 26. We all know how that went. But the Steelers need a cornerback. They really haven't had a stud cornerback since Joe Hayden left town. Happy trails and happy retirement to Joe Hayden. And my guy, my co-host, Ike Taylor. In all seriousness, The Steelers at the cornerback position in recent years, they've struggled a bit, and you've got to keep up with the rest of the division. Who do you have in the division? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins with Cincinnati. Cleveland, Amari Cooper had a great season for the Browns. The Browns were down overall, but that's the caliber of player you're going to have to stop, and that's the caliber of player that the Steelers need to bring in at the cornerback position. I know the draft at 17, you see maybe Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Maybe you see Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, especially Joey Porter Sr., his dad, the connection with Pittsburgh. If Joey Porter Jr. is there at 17, that's a natural fit, and it's a position of need for the Steelers. I know you don't. the Steelers typically draft best available, but if Joey Porter Jr. is there at 17, I, I would be hard-pressed not to take him there if you're Pittsburgh. And so we'll see. And this was expected with Jackson. The only way he was going to be back in Pittsburgh is if he restructured that deal $12 million, it's just too much money. It's just too much money. Okay, speaking of cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey traded to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are going all in. They picked up two as fifth-year options, so they're going to try to load up, and they're going to try to make a run for the Super Bowl this year. Those are the stakes under head coach Mike McDaniel. And my first thought when I heard that the Dolphins were trading for Jalen Ramsey was this. Can you imagine the practices in the speed at the wide receiver position? One-on-ones, Jalen Ramsey versus Tyree Kill. (sighs) Throw Jalen Waddle in the mix, too, because he might be about just as fast as Tyree Kill, too. Maybe a little slower, tick slower. The one-on-ones in practice and the intensity and what that does in a locker room with the surrounding teammates who then want to raise their games to match the level. The attitude and the intensity that Ramsey brings to the table. Ike and I talked about it several weeks back. It's a player we would have loved to see the Steelers get. He would have cost the Steelers too much money. 
but what he does to change the attitude of a locker room with the personality that he brings and he expects from the teammates around him. It's downright impressive. This to me signals that the Dolphins are all in this year while Tua is still on a rookie deal. It's his fifth year, so salary will increase. But the Dolphins are going for it this year. They're coming for the Bills in the AFC East. They're coming for the Patriots. The Dolphins are going all in this year to try to make a Super Bowl run. That's what a move like this signals to me because Ramsey's about towards the end of his prime right now. He's right there, but the, the caliber player, he still has some gas left in the tank. The Rams didn't have a good season last year, but statistically, look at what Ramsey did this past season. He wasn't the problem in L.A. And if the Rams aren't going to try to get back to the postseason, try to get back on a Super Bowl run, they're selling right now. The, the Rams had to make a deal like this. It doesn't make sense for the Rams to get rid of Bobby Wagner. It doesn't make sense for the Rams to hang on to Jalen Ramsey. They can deal those pieces and they can recoup. I, I think the Dolphins got to steal in this trade, though, if I'm being honest, because the Rams get a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long. But I don't think it would have made sense to keep Jalen Ramsey on this current Rams team that is clearly in the in the middle of a rebuild. In the middle of a rebuild. So the trade's going to officially be processed on Wednesday. But again, think about those matchups one-on-one in practice. Jalen Ramsey, Tyree killed Jalen Waddle and company. The intensity. It's like, oh, is this an AFC uh, a, a Pro Bowl matchup? The best now in the AFC? No, no, no. This is just the Miami Dolphins practice day in and day out. I love this move for Miami. I think they got a great deal. Free agency, the negotiating window will start at noon today. Players can officially sign at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. There's a lot. I mean, we're going to discuss Lamar here in a second. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Does that come to fruition? Let me give you my top five free agents really quickly. We'll talk about a former Steelers player. How about defensive lineman Javon Hargrave? All that guy's done has been a stud for the Philadelphia Eagles up front. The player I would love to have back on the Steelers right now. He's likely going to command too high of a salary. But man, Javon Hargrave and look, He's earned his money both in Philly, but he's going to get paid at least one more time with his level of production. I think he might be the best free agent out there. This is top five in no order, by the way. Uh, tackle Orlando Brown as well. Always need a stud left tackle. Anytime there's a stud left tackle out on the open market, you're, you're, that player's going to get paid. It's a premium at the left tackle position. I, I remember several weeks back, we talked to agent Lee Steinberg, and he mentioned the drop-off between a stud starting left tackle and a backup, and it's significant. Most quarterbacks in this league are right-handed. You got to protect a stud quarterback's blind side. Orlando Brown can do that for you up front. But safety, Jesse Bates. Hate to give uh <laughs> hate to give safety's love, not named Minka Fitzpatrick, but Jesse Bates is gonna get paid as well out in the open market. Former Bengal safety player, I'd love to see out of the AFC North division. Bye-bye. No longer a problem for our beloved Steelers. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Washington. I think a lot of NFL GMs might not understand his value because he can play the slot position. He can play safety. You can move him around. He's versatile. Versatility is the name of the game in the current NFL. I think you can move him around. You could do a lot of different things for you defensively. And then Jamel Dean, the Buccaneers quarterback. So, Fellow corner Carlton Davis just got paid three years, 44 and a half million. 
Dean statistically has been better. Now, Dean has some injury history, but he's outplayed Davis. And again, Davis got three years, $44.5 million if that contract sees through. So I think you've got a good corner back there. James Bradbury, also a free agent. I'm not sure the Steelers would be interested in players of this caliber because of what a high salary they're going to command in free agency. I just don't think the Steelers have the cap room to do it right now, given their other needs. But Bradbury, uh, who's you know now famous for the Super Bowl penalty, but former Eagles cornerback and then former Buccaneers quarterback Jamel Dean, we'll see where he winds up in free agency. Again, the Steelers are going to have to fill the void by Devin Bush. So, yeah, you want to see upgrades along both lines. Defensive line, get Cam Hayward help, some help up front if you're not going to bring back Larry Ogunjobi. I would love to see an offensive lineman get drafted. I am on record repeatedly saying this, that the Steelers haven't drafted an offensive lineman in the first or the second round of the NFL draft since David DeCastro in 2012. So I'd love to see the Steelers get an offensive lineman. But a guy uh, I could see the Steelers signing if they are going to go a linebacker in free agency, TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards started for Philly the last three years. He's 27. I don't think he'll play at, say, an all-pro or pro bowl level, but I think he helps fill that void for at least another season. You get a good pairing with Miles Jack. Levante David, possibly as well. He's going to be 33, though. Edwards is a little bit younger. He's 27. Just two names to keep out uh, to keep an eye on if you're a Steelers fan. All right, we're going to keep this rolling. The Panthers traded for the number one pick in the draft in a blockbuster trade on Friday with the Chicago Bears. Here's what I think that the Panthers should do. Obviously, you're going to go with the quarterback, and I'll explain why in a second. It's either going to be C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Bryce Young, his size concerns are just that. They're too big uh, of concerns for me. I think Stroud's going to be a lot more pro-ready right now. I think Richardson has the higher upside. I think Richardson has the highest upside of any quarterback in this draft, but Richardson might not be ready to start day one. And the Panthers likely need that with whoever they end up drafting. The only two quarterbacks on the Panthers' current roster, Matt Corral, Jacob Eason. So whoever the Panthers draft number overall, number one overall is likely starting from day one from the jump. Now, I've heard some, I've got a bone to pick with this trade too. I've heard some people out there to say, why wouldn't the Panthers try to trade for Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, the former league MVP, known commodity. Okay, okay several things. Would Lamar Jackson really go to Carolina if the two teams came to a deal? Are there other more appealing destinations if you're Lamar? Lamar Jackson's going to command a salary somewhere between 40 and $50 million per season. Point blank period. That's just what the market is right now. Daniel Jones is getting that amount. Lamar is better than Daniel Jones. So somewhere between 40 and 50 million. Maybe, maybe Lamar thinks he's worth more than 50 million. We'll see what that figure be, figure is, but it's going to be more than 40. He's missed 10 regular season games in the last two seasons. He's played 24 out of the 34 possible regular season games in the last two seasons. So he's had injury problems. Oh, and so he's going to be 26. What makes him dynamic is his ability to run the ball. We consider running backs in the NFL ancient by 30. That's just expected to continue for Lamar. So you're paying a premium for a quarterback whose most effective tool is his legs 
Yet with running backs in this league, we consider them washed up by 30. Lamar is supposed to be the exception, not the norm to that. What makes Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is his running ability. And so if he if he can't play a full season, he's never played a full season, and running backs are considered ancient by 30. Lamar's 26 right now. How is this any different? So when the Panthers trade for a rookie, which is unknown, I think that Lamar could take a team like the Panthers to the playoffs. But you're ultimately going to contend and win a Super Bowl. Whereas what the Panthers are doing now, they can get a rookie in on a rookie contract for five years and build around said rookie. I don't understand this dynamic of, oh, the Panthers should have traded for Lamar when what does Lamar actually get you if you're Carolina? What does Lamar actually get you if you're Carolina? So that's why I think it was smart. Now, look, they had to pay a premium. Ninth pick, 61st pick, a first rounder in 2024, a second rounder in 2025. Uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore, you get Justin Fields a receiver. Look at the free agent receiver class. And I like Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's the best free agent receiver available this offseason. I like Juju, but he ain't a number one. He's not a Batman. He's not a true number one receiver. Juju's like a decent two. Like, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. So given the struggles in the post-Cam Newton era, if you're the Panthers, the Panthers last season allocated the 10th most amount of money at the quarterback position. They did not get the 10th best quarterback play. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker get starts. And remember, in the post-Cam Newton era, you bring in uh, Teddy Bridgewater on a contract. That doesn't work out. Then you try to sign Sam Darnold. That doesn't work out. Then you bring in Baker Mayfield for 50 cents on the dollar. Let's make Cleveland pay their sa- pay Mayfield's salary. He doesn't work out. Walker gets starts last year. The Panthers traded away the second, third, fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth, all draft picks to assemble Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral, P.J. Walker. The assets and the premium that they've gotten rid of for the quarterback position is why you have to make a trade like this because there is a void in the NFC right now at the quarterback position. There's a huge void NFC quarterbacks compared to AFC quarterbacks. The AFC is a gauntlet. The NFC is a desolate wasteland. It's true. It's true. Okay, so speaking of Lamar Jackson, where does he wind up? I still think he ends up in Baltimore. I think they get a deal done. But if you're Lamar, you've got to be thinking possibly NFC because exactly what I was just saying. In AFC, you've got Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. If Russell Wilson can get can get right again. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's in the same caliber of any of those first four quarterbacks I, I mentioned. But the AFC is an absolute gauntlet at the quarterback position. The NFC, you've got Jalen Hurts and who else exactly? Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think Derek Carr to the Saints is going to be a great move because, again, there's a huge void at the quarterback position. And on its simplest terms, a lot of times in the playoffs, who your quarterback is dictates whether you're going to win or lose. So if I'm Lamar, I'm looking at it, okay, what are my options in the NFC? If Aaron Rodgers leaves town to go to the Jets, NFC North, the Lions, they're the favorite right now, if not for Baltimore. 
And then I've put this out there. I've said this for a better part of a year now. How about the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers have struggled to run the football. Tom Brady's in retirement. Lamar's from Florida. He's from Pompano Beach. Buccaneers would help solve a lot of their running problems by signing a quarterback like Lamar, by getting a quarterback like Lamar. Yeah, now you're going to have to give up two first-round draft picks to go get him. But how all of this unfolds because if Lamar leaves Baltimore, the quarterback carousel, it's like dominoes. Derek Carr was the first one to fall going to New Orleans. And I actually like that fit a lot. But if you're Lamar and you're looking at it, Joe Burrow, uh, oh, do I want to go up against him twice a year? Or could I go play in the NFC South where let's go through the quarterbacks right now in the NFC South. Derek Carr's probably the best one. Carolina's likely going to get C.J. Stroud, maybe Anthony Richardson, maybe Bryce Young. So they'll have a rookie um, in the NFC South here. Give me just a second. Then uh, the Falcons got rid of Marcus Mariota. And the Buccaneers, who, you know, Kyle Trask, I don't see him being the week one starter. I just don't see it. There's a void there. There's a void there, and there's the opportunity to succeed given said void. So if you're Lamar, look, I know the grass isn't always greener, but it could be greener in the NFC if you're Lamar Jackson. It's time for What Yins Think. This is the segment of the show where commenters, viewers, uh, we answer their questions. So Teresa writes in, she says, Hi, Ike and Mark. Is there any possibility that the Steelers take advantage of drafting a player like Darnell Washington if he's available with the 49th pick, I know we don't typically run two tight end sets and doesn't fit our current scheme, but his dual threat as an inline blocker and as a receiver would be great to have on this offense. I love this. Look at Darnell Washington on tape. That guy's special. He poses a matchup problem if you're a linebacker, safety, cornerback. If you want to put him on the line next to an offensive tackle, he serves as a sixth offensive lineman. He, he can catch the ball too. He can jump over guys. He can run through them. He can run past them. And when I look at his short shuttle speed in the combine, it was the third fastest of any player. Jackson Smith and the Jigbot of Ohio State and the cornerback out of Kansas State were the only two, were the only two players with a faster short shuttle than Darnell Washington. I think he's a special, special player. And to pair him with Pat Fryermuth, wow. You would give opposing offensive coordinators fits because if you want to double Deontay or George Pickens or Fryermuth, like if you want to take away one of those players, someone else eats, someone else takes advantage of a one-on-one -on -one matchup. If he's there, and, and by drafting him to Darnell Washington out of Georgia, I mean, look this guy up on tape because you you pull up him on Twitter. There's so many different clips of him doing things I just haven't seen a player do before with the size and speed. But his ability would just be special in Pittsburgh. And if you draft him, you keep him away from other teams in the AFC North as well. I, I, I could be wrong about this, but you know when you see something on tape pop off to you. Darnell Washington, I think he's that special of a player. And one other point I want to make about him too. His statistical production might not wow you at Georgia, but that's because Georgia has another stud tight end by the name of Brock Bowers, who's likely going to be 
a top pick in next year's draft. Bowers only a sophomore. Bowers is a better receiver than Washington too. I'll concede that. But not just that, but Georgia's got a lot of stud skill position players. So the ball can only go around so much when you've got four and five stars everywhere in deep too. not just to say the starters four and five throughout the roster too. look up Darnell Washington. Like he's a nasty run blocker too. They showed a clip of him during the, the combine. There were two clips that stuck out to me. He's moving a blocking sled and his ability to move the sled compared to other tight ends in this draft. And they're all really strong guys. It looked easy for Washington. And then there was another clip of him snagging a football out of the air. It looked like he was catching a tennis ball with one hand. Uh, special, special talent. If he wound up in a Steelers uniform, I'd love it. Whichever team drafts him, I think it's going to be very, very fortunate. I think he's that special. Again, freak athlete just pops off on tape too. It just pops off the tape. Want to pay condolences to Dick Haley, 23 years as a member of the Steelers, four of those as a player, 19 in the player personnel department. Dick Haley, the father of former offense coordinator Todd Haley. Todd Haley tweets, quote, very sorry to say the world, the NFL, and my entire family lost one of the best people I've ever known and my idol, a man that would that gave me the ch best chance to succeed in the world, my father, Dick Haley, after a long fight with dementia and Parkinson's, I love you, Dad. Hashtag Steelers, hashtag NFL. Western Pennsylvania native, born in Midway, Pennsylvania, and um, someone that that community is going to miss. That that throughout Pittsburgh, uh, you dedicate twenty three years your twenty three years of your life to something and to uh, the best organization I'd argue in all of sports. Um, definitely thinking about them right now and someone who helped the Steelers achieve the success that they had for for as long as they have. So, you know, RIP Dick Haley. Want to wrap up today's Believe in Steelers show. If you enjoyed this, please tap subscribe. Let us know in the comments if you have any questions, comments. We'll feature that during our What Yins Think segment. So make sure you tap subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Ike and I will be back next week, and we're going to get you ready and closer to the NFL draft. We'll recap what happens this week in free agency? It's going to be absolute chaos. We might be back later this week, depending on what happens. So we'll see. Uh, again, free agency starting officially on Wednesday. NFL offseason. Sometimes in a lot of ways, it's even more interesting than what happens on the field. But give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, and thank you for your time for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Uh, today's sponsor, betonline.ag. I want to thank them as well. They've been rocking with us for a long time. Enjoy the start of March Madness this uh, this week as well. Always one of my favorite times of year. I'll go ahead and sign off here. My name is Mark Bergen. Thank you again for watching the Believe in Steelers show. I'll see you next time. Until then, take care. It's so long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.